today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Obviously watching a lot of what happens south of the border, uh, most breathing a sigh of relief when uh, President Biden took over from Trump. However, there are similar uh, situations, similar policies between Trump and Biden, including the Buy American Executive Order, uh, which uh, means they don't want to, uh, they want their uh, their governments and, and institutions to buy American uh, rather than buying from other countries. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible how the times have changed. At one time, China was the golden goose and we couldn't wait to invest there. And slowly, Canada became less and less and less self-sufficient. We just buy things. We don't make it anymore. And now, all of a sudden, everything has changed. And, you know, instead of looking for for cheap drugs, now we're looking for vaccines and looking to woo these uh, companies back to Canada that uh, left because there was better conditions elsewhere uh, to set up shop. So how does the new Biden administration affect Canada? Let's bring in Vic Singh, professor at the Ted School, uh, Ted Rogers School of Management, Ryerson University, and is with us now. Vic, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. How concerned are you, Vic, with uh, uh, President Joe Biden um, sort of echoing what Donald Trump said, and it's it's America first by American? I mean, you have to understand, I mean, Buy America Act has been around from the 30s, and what, what it really stipulates is that the all the public uh, use of goods, uh, especially the federal contracts, should be manufactured in the U.S. Now, what has happened is in the past that the rules have been broken, waivers have been given, and the act has really not been implemented. And with this new executive order, what it does, it, it basically closes uh, the loopholes and tighten the, uh, tightens the, the rules around it. Um, I, I wouldn't be awfully concerned because you have to remember this, this is more of a political posturing where President Biden has to show uh, the American public that he's doing something to support the American uh, manufacturers, especially because of COVID. And even if you go prior to COVID, the manufacturing sector has been in trouble because of global outsourcing. Um, I do suspect that in the coming months, uh, with proper negotiations, uh, the rules will soften up and we might even go back to where where we used to be. You mentioned that these sort of uh, policies have been on the books since the 1930s. That being said, this drum is certainly being uh, being hit right now. Why is this? And as I said in the in the intro here, it's amazing how our position has changed, and now all of a sudden we're more concerned about self sufficiency. Absolutely, I think I think uh, as I mentioned, you know, I mean, it's easy said that done because you have to remember we live in a world with a very integrated global supply chain. And it, it's very difficult, and I think it's even impossible in certain industries where you can say, you know, that we are going to produce 100% domestically just because we don't produce certain things domestically in the Western world anymore. So um, it's it's easier said than done. So even though President Biden is uh, saying that, you know, he wants to make sure that uh, the waivers are not given only in rare circumstances, I don't think it's it's practical. Uh, that they're able to procure everything domestically, just the way the economy has shaped up. So, so I suspect that the rules will be waived uh, in, in the coming months. Uh, that being said, you know, we remember when uh, a good part of, of, of the free world was dependent on others for oil and, and we saw the U.S. become self-sufficient, and my goodness, inside of five years. So is it really that hard to turn this around? I mean, uh, remember, there's a big differentiation between oil 
because the resource was already there. They just implemented a new technology, the shale uh, technology, and they were able to extract the oil. Manufacturing is a completely different ballgame because we're looking at integrated supply chains and procurement. Uh, and we're also looking at other private sector companies. So these are not government companies which are providing the goods and services. These are, these are private individuals, private businesses. And in your, they, don't, they don't just do business with the government. They do business on a global scale. So a little bit different. I think we're comparing apples and oranges here. Will, so are you confident that Canada will get uh, exemptions? Because many would say that about Keystone and, and vaccination. So uh, w- we might get some condition, but will it be on I- important issues uh, like Keystone or like the vaccination, for example? Well, I think Canada has has a very special relationship with the U.S. We are the top uh, trading partner of the U.S. And, you know, the fact that uh, President Biden chose to call, uh, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau uh, tells us that, you know, that he respects that relationship. And I think with, with proper negotiations and, you know, over the months, you know, I, I, I think that the rules will be softening up and uh, we will be back to business. Um, another story uh, uh, that is breaking today, and that is with the European Union, which is where Canadian vaccinations, Pfizer vaccinations are manufactured and delivered from. They are now saying that uh, they are considering uh, restricting exports of that vaccination to other parts of the world, including Canada and I guess now the UK, uh, until they get their situation under control. Uh, where does that leave Canada? Again, going back to that self-sufficiency issue. Well, I think in this case, we are in a little bit of a trouble because we don't produce vaccines uh, in Canada. We procure it from other jurisdictions. So the European Union, you know, they have the full right to to put an export control if they wanted to because of the production uh, disruptions in Europe and you're seeing delays. And every country, on, on, on you know, globally is looking for these vaccines. So and because Europe has invested a lot of money in research and development, what they're saying now is that they they could if they wanted to uh, stop these vaccines going uh, abroad and, uh, you know, being available for their own domestic use. So I think I think we could be in trouble here because uh, the fact that we don't produce vaccines um, in Canada and we, we have to get it from other places. Should Canada be doing more to uh, create incentive for these companies to be producing here? Uh, absolutely. I think these are critical um, times and these are critical, um, you know, needs for our population, absolutely. I think I think this will be a learning lesson going forward too, in terms of you know having that safety net uh, which we which we don't have, and that's why we are so dependent on others right now. Uh, and again, I mean, it's not really government that creates vaccinations; it's private industry. It's 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 uh, private technology. Do you think we will make it? There'll be a, a push on to make it. Uh, more conducive for not only uh, drug companies but all companies to do business here. I think I think uh, when we look at drugs and we look at critical supplies, I think there will be a push um, at all levels of the government uh, to make sure that you know we don't go through this phase again in the future. Uh, but said that we do have Canadian companies who are in in trials right now. Uh, and they have the capacity to produce here. It's just that we we, ha- we haven't been as fast as uh, as Pfizer and Moderna and some of the other uh, companies out there. Uh, Vic Singh has been with us, professor at the Ted Rogers School of Management at Ryerson University. 
You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Lots has changed in the world uh, during a COVID-19 pandemic, and uh, real estate is one of those industries. Uh, we are certainly, you know, one time it was about mass urbanization, stacking people up like cordwood. Then, of course, uh, the pandemic hit and people were looking for space. Let's bring in Michael St. Jean, broker with Michael St. Jean Real Estate and is with us now. Michael, uh, thank you for the call. I hope you're doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Michael, let's talk about life before COVID-19 and after COVID-19. Uh, what have sales been like? What, what has surprised you about selling through this pandemic? Well, as, uh, as, as you're probably aware, I mean, the Hamilton and surrounding uh, communities and this, this region in general has really been, uh, you know, quite busy over the, the last three to five years. Prices increasing, you know, every year. Um, and we were, well, we started last year, uh, really with, uh, record January and February, uh, things were busy, things were moving along, prices were increasing. And we were really, uh, we believe, you know, getting into what would likely be a, a banner year for real estate in the region. Of course, March, uh, rolled around and, and the, the, pa- the pandemic, uh, you know, sort of creeped out of nowhere. And at that point, we, we we definitely uh, sort of shifted our forecast and expected sales to uh, probably slow down to a trickle. And, uh, of course, uh, the lockdowns came into effect. Sales did uh, come down during March, April, and May. But as those restrictions began to lift, uh, and even really in the weeks leading up to the lifting or the beginning of the lifting of those restrictions, we saw activity started to spike on the part of buyers. And of course, I mean, you know, looking at some of the stats that have just been released by the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington, obviously um, things really exploded uh, in the very early uh, summertime and, and really have not let up since. Talk a little bit about that and, and how have tastes changed? Like you said, like, you know, Hamilton was poised before all of this to, to have a great year. Obviously, uh, Hamilton going through a great growth period right now. But how have the tastes of, of clients, of customers changed since the pandemic? What are they asking for now that they weren't before? Well, I mean, you know, Hamilton is a very different market than Toronto. I mean, Torontonians obviously have been living in very, you know, uh, confined spaces, many condominiums, uh, you know, living off of amenities in buildings in the downtown, using transit. So we're finding that the, the buyers from the GTA are, are, are really, um, their, their wants and needs have really shifted. Hamiltonians... I mean, we are a little more spread out to begin with, less transit-oriented, a bit more suburban, uh, you know, as far as our living uh, conditions and lifestyles. So we haven't seen as much of a change here. Um, It's been more, for us, it's been more a matter of really kind of having to pick ourselves up and and realize that if we're we're not in the market, um, we need to get into the market because, of course, with the the influx of buyers coming in from all over Ontario and really mostly from the GTA, values are shooting up uh, very quickly. And so we've seen, you know, buyers really getting motivated to get into the market. Uh, you know, for people that are within the market already, there has definitely been some changes as far as lifestyle is concerned. You know, people are spending more time at home. 
Um, work has become more flexible and it's appearing as though that is likely to be something that is permanent. And so we're seeing, you know, even, uh, you know, current homeowners starting to want something a little bit different. It may be uh, less of a need and more of a want versus those in Toronto that have been living in 500 square feet that now want a backyard, but we are still seeing uh, the shift and, and people realizing that they are probably going to be spending more time at home in the, the months and years ahead and really starting to um, appreciate that a little bit more. Uh, so obviously, again, with Hamilton being the growest city, uh, a growing city like it, like it is, you're getting a lot of interest from out of town anyway. But you have seen that increase as a result of COVID-19. Is that accurate? Yes. So I would say that the, we, you know, the trajectory that we were on um, continues and many of the, the factors that were behind our you know, rapid growth as a real estate market have not changed. They've just picked up even further as a result of the pandemic. So we were seeing GTA buyers coming in. We were seeing buyers coming from even other parts of the country. Um, but what we're seeing is more of that now. So really all of the things that were already at play have just accelerated because of the pandemic. And what about what they want in a home, in a house? I mean, we're hearing that people are looking for, you know, because at one time it was everybody was going towards big houses and then that sort of, you know, uh, eased off and no, 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 we're, we're taking up too much space. We got to leave less of a footprint and we're going into condos and, and, and less space and such. What are they asking for now as far as are people looking for backyards? You know, are people looking for, for more, say, office space or, or places that they can work from home? home i remember hearing that you know those that had a for example a backyard in ground swimming pool that necessarily wasn't a big advantage if you were selling a house maybe that is more so now what about the actual product itself yeah i think definitely um you know wants have have changed uh people are looking for a bit more space in the backyard they are venturing a little more into the suburbs um backyards pools um, you know, fire pits and, and a lot of those things that were not really a necessity before have become a lot more important. And, and of course, if you know anybody that is in the pool business or the landscaping business, I'm sure they'd, they'd tell you that they've just come off probably their best year ever. Um, yeah. And there's no shortage of, of homeowners looking for pools. So a lot of those amenities that maybe were not, um, you know, absolutely necessary uh, previous to COVID-19 are starting to move up the ladder on their on their list. So we, we're definitely seeing some changes. You know, the tough part is that, you know, we all have lots of wants, um, but what we're really having to focus on right now, if we're, if we're trying to get into the market, if you're a home buyer, is, is your needs. Because, of course, um, values are moving up very quickly. And so, you know, you're... you're there's there's definitely some pressure uh, on you if you're if you're looking to get into the market or even to move up just because of price points. So the the you know buyers' needs have changed, but the you know because of the ever rising price points, you know we're really still having to or we're encouraging our clients to really focus on uh, you know more of the needs list than the wants list because hmm. you're just unfortunately not able to obtain. Uh, or tick off as many of those boxes as you could have in years past.
Many we, We've talked many times on this show about how life has changed as a result of the pandemic and whether those changes will stick uh, moving on. Uh, many have said, man, now that we're 11, 12 months into this, uh, it ain't going to go back to the way it is. Uh, what about your thoughts with real estate? Will we see a shift in this once it's over, or is this a trend you think you're going to see for a while? I think the trend that we're seeing now, again, was something we saw pre-pandemic. I think it's going to continue post-pandemic. Uh, you know, Hamilton is a, uh, you know, a very up and coming uh, community. We have tons of growth ahead of us here and, and even in the surrounding uh, areas. And so I think uh, I think things are you know, going to continue on the path that they're on. And, and many of the changes that we have experienced since the pandemic began, I believe, will become permanent. So uh, what would you say to those that are sitting on the fence right now and thinking, ah, is this a good time to do it or not? Do I pull the plug, Uh, whether they're buying or selling? Is it a good time right now to be doing this? Uh, I think that, um, you know, time is not your friend. If you're looking to get into the, the market at some point over the next few years, you know, we are encouraging our clients definitely to get into the market as soon as possible And, um, you know, in some cases that's going to require, you know, maybe, you know, a a buyer considering an area that they, you know, wasn't number one on their wish list or having to give up a few of those wants and really focusing on the needs. I mean, the, the key right now is just getting into the market so that over the next few years, as prices continue to appreciate at what we expect will be higher than normal levels, you know, you're not missing out. And then coming back, of course, you know, two years down the road and then trying to get into the market just to realize that, um, unfortunately, you may not be even be able to, to purchase a home anymore or, um, you know, you'll be looking at product that is just, you know, substantially uh, offering substantially less for, for a lot more money. We don't expect values to go anywhere uh, but up for the foreseeable future uh, at this point. Uh, and as you mentioned, boy, getting in is the key. And once you can, uh, then uh, obviously things will hopefully start to go up and then uh, you can build on what you uh, already have. Michael St. Jean is with his broker with Michael St. Jean Real Estate website. Michael, we can go to to find out more about you. Yep, www.michaelstjean.com. Michael St. Jean, broker with Michael St. Jean Real Estate, talking about the housing market in the hammer and how life has changed uh, as a result of a COVID-19 pandemic. Michael, thanks for the time. Be well. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. You too. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. It's the time of the show where we uh, give a plug, a shout out to uh, a local business in the uh, greater Hamilton area and uh, try to give them some extra exposure and extra help uh, during a COVID-19 pandemic. want to introduce you to Luciana Moravac, owner of Park Avenue Salon in Stony Creek and is with us now. Luciana, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. So tell everybody where you are exactly, where uh, Park Avenue Salon is. So Park Avenue Hair Design is actually been in Stony Creek for quite a while, over 20 years. Um, my husband and I own the salon, and we're at Stony Creek, uh, 69 King Street West, downtown Stony Creek. And so how has being in a global pandemic affected your operation, your business? Well, it's... Uh, affected us tremendously, actually. Uh, The first pandemic was pretty hard. We didn't know what to do or how to 
go on or move on. And now we've um, done this curbside pickup and, uh, you know, hopefully it helps us out a little bit. But it's affected us a lot, yes. So can you conduct business? Can you? Are you allowed to at this time? So we're allowed to do curbside pickups. So right now we offer our clients um, personal um, hair kits to take home. And right. uh, we have luxury products for them to pick up at the store. We have irons and curling irons and blow dryers. So, yeah, we can do curbside pickups. But as far as doing anything to anybody's melon, that's out of the business. No. That's not, no. Um, so, you know, one thing I do remember, and, and, and maybe you can shed some light on this, is a lot of people were complaining uh, about hair color and hair dyes yeah. and not being able to do that doing, during a lockdown. So I'm guessing th- there might have been a demand for this sort of stuff. Good for you guys for being nimble and offering this sort of thing. Is that accurate? I mean, did you get calls about that? Well, yeah, the, the first time, our first lockdown, um, we started getting phone calls about um, what should I use in my hair? How am I going to cover it up? So we came up with an idea to do little take-home kits, personalized, uh, only for our Park Avenue guests. And uh, this kind of gives them a bit of ease, you know, instead of going to shoppers or, you know, finding a color that might not match and making them feel, you know, uncomfortable on the choices that they make. So we have their colors, we have their formulas, so, you know, they're at ease with us, you know? Uh, that being said, I mean, you know, I, I've never really done this, so I don't know, um, mm-hmm. although, you know, I've certainly seen it happen in, in places where they cut hair. How do you yeah. feel about, uh, you know, this is your right. profession, this is what you do, and all of a sudden you're handing the supplies over to uh, a do-it-yourselfer? I mean, is it as easy as, as it looks? Uh, no, it's not as easy as it looks. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, uh, it's, it was kind of, you know, Jane and I, my... Husband and I thought about this for a while. You know, do we offer them this? Is this going against sort of what hairstylists do? But we yeah. wanted to provide our, our clients with something that at least when they come back to the salon, uh, we know what's in their hair and it's safe product. So it's not damaging their hair at all. So, yeah, it was a bit of a... Should we do this? Should we not? But it's simple formula. We give instructions. We give the clients a brush. We give them um, full instructions on how to apply the color. And um, so it's a little, it's simple. It's simple. What a great idea. Website we can go to, Luciana, to find out more about what you're doing? Yeah. So we um, post a lot on Instagram. So we are a Park Avenue Hair Design. Uh, and we have our Instagram and Facebook. And also, we if they don't have Instagram or Facebook, they can call us at 905-664-6171, and we check our messages daily. So we always have people calling, and um, we do curbside pickup pretty much every day of the week. Uh, another great example of how a Hamilton business has had to pivot uh, during COVID-19 yeah. and keep the customer base and keep them happy. Luciana mm-hmm. Moravac has been with us, owner of Park Avenue Hair Design, King Street and Stony Creek. Uh, check out their social media sites, and, of course, uh, they'll help you out with the uh, do-it-yourselfer. Uh, Luciana, thanks so much for the time. Good luck with all of this. Be well. Thank you. I appreciate you. 
The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.